The Chiefs head to the Big Apple for Sunday night football. Let's talk about it. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's a live game preview edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. Member FDIC. Happy game preview to you, Matthew. Happy game preview to you, Kent. I am. I am glad that we are here yet again. We here on the lab are joining Chiefs fans around the world, excited to stare at Taylor Swift in a press box at the Chiefs Jets game yet again, because that is all NBC will cover, much like Fox. Craig, I can tell that you are excited for this happening. Uh, just absolutely thrilled. I'm just happy that the focus is not going to be solely on Jawan Taylor for an entire game this week. Instead, it will be split between Taylor Swift in the box and Jawan Taylor on the field. Uh, shout out to all the Swifties that are watching. Uh, thank you all for joining us. You can subscribe to KC Sports Network. The KCSN Substack is $30, and I will, uh, if we see a spike in subscriptions, I will mem- mention Taylor Swift in every article I write for me. Thank you, everybody, for real, for, for hanging out with us. This is the game preview edition. We do three storylines on the offensive side, three storylines on the defensive side. Uh, let's get down to it uh let's start with the offensive side of the ball good things last week let's see if this team can build on them and it's going to start with with the protection uh against a very good different defensive front matthew i mean yeah the jets have a very good defensive front it's led by quentin williams um then carl lawson still gets a lot of reps but he hasn't been the same guy he was they've invested back-to-back first round picks on defensive ends Bryce Huff still might be their best defensive end in terms of being a pass rusher. It's like, it's a, a you know, John Franklin Myers, and he's been one of their more productive guys. Like, they have a lot of guys in that front. So, this is going to bring the Chiefs, I think, their first really big challenge in terms of a complete defensive front, defensive line, quality linebacker play behind it. This is the first challenge for this new look Chiefs offensive line that's been very good, I think, through three games, removing some, um, some penalties, specifically from the right tackle. You remove some false starts and some illegal formations, I think the offensive line's been very good. Not too many holding penalties. Nobody's getting beat too you know badly over and over again. It's been a very good performance. This is by far going to be their biggest test. This is going to be the biggest time. This is where we're really going to see what Donovan Smith, what Jawan Taylor made of is Trey Smith. And you know, I've seen some warning signs that maybe Trey Smith isn't coming developing quite as much as probably we would have hoped for him at guard. Is this a game where Quinnen kind of gets loose on him a little bit, and the Chiefs have to cover up on the interior a little bit more than we're used to with this interior group. So I'm excited to see how they handle that challenge because this Jets defensive front is really going to get after it. Yeah, when you look at like the stats for the Jets defensive front, you look at that and you're like, oh, they only have six sacks. Quentin Williams doesn't have a sack. I mean, like you don't look at this group and you're like, wow, they're really wowing you with numbers. But man, they are just right on top of the quarterback almost every single snap. They have they are they're too deep is really really good along this defensive line. It's not just the Quinn and Williams show. They've got Solomon Thomas right behind him. As Maddie mentioned, Bryce Huff has been really good this year winning on the outside there. Carl Lawson's still a very good football player. Jermaine Johnson showing some signs of kind of growing into this. Even Al Woods looks really good as kind of like a a bigger guy on the interior. 
This is a scary front. There's not going to be a relief for the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line because they're going to make some wholesale swaps that are still just as good as some of the defensive lines that they played against so far this season. This Jets front can wreak havoc, and we've seen in the past, especially with interior pressure here, when Patrick Mahomes is having to bail out the back of the pocket, when he starts to feel that interior pressure a little bit, things start to go awry for this offense a little bit more. And that's, a, that's the case with anybody. The pressure up the middle is obviously something that's going to disrupt any quarterback there. But Patrick Mahomes is not invincible for that. I think we kind of sweep a lot of the pressure under the rug because we're like, ah, he'll just escape. He'll, he'll get out of the pocket. Everything will be fine. When it's interior pressure, it's a lot different for Mahomes. And they've got some guys that can do that. The games that they run up front work really well. This is going to be a massive test for this offensive line but specifically this interior offensive line to try and stop, not just Quinton Williams, some of the other guys that they're going to throw at. And I think, real quick too, to kind of piggyback on this, I think that's where this gets really dicey for the Chiefs is some of the potential matchups that the Jets can get, right? We we talk, Quinton Williams is great. Quinton Williams getting matched up one-on-one with Trey Smith is probably not ideal for the Chiefs, right? That's the, that is going to be the weakest part of the Chiefs offensive line outside of maybe Donovan Smith, who's coming up in a second, right? But that's not a good matchup for the Chiefs. Trey Smith has a tendency to play off balance a little bit, and Quinnen Williams is one of the defensive interior defensive linemen in the league that is best at taking advantage of that with his quickness and his hand usage. So that's a pretty rough matchup if it's not going the Chiefs' way. Same thing here on the outside. I'm not too worried about Carl Lawson with a lot of athleticism by you know injuries over time. I'm not too worried about Michael Clemens or John Franklin Myers versus Donovan Smith, but when Bryce Huff is coming in on third and longs, that's a speedy rusher. That's a bendy guy that has a quality inside counter. That's what's giving Donovan Smith troubles. You want to tell me this is the game to dust off Will McDonald and actually play him? Listen, he can come in there and inside spin all he wants. Like, that's a problem for Donovan Smith. That is where he really struggles is to keep pace up the arc and then handle inside counter. So I do think the Jets one is a very good front. But on top of that, they do a great, they have very hard matchups for some of these Chiefs offensive linemen across the board. The one thing that is helpful, I think, they don't blitz. They still, they still get pressure without blitzing, but they are a team that doesn't blitz very often. They're not going to confuse the Chiefs' pass protection or Patrick Mahomes very frequently. It's like that is still kind of a boom. That's a little feather in the back of the cap. The Chiefs should be at least assigned or aligned properly for all of this stuff going on. Bryce Huff, Al Woods, Solomon Thomas, Jermaine Johnson. Is that a better front than the Chicago Bears last week? you Boy, that's the, I mean, Bryce Huff has, has been really good. <laughs> if, you sub, if you sub out Al Woods for Quentin Jefferson, yes. Well, it, it, I, I know, I, I know. Kent's just reading the, the second team. I'm, I'm, re- I'm reading yeah, the yeah. twos right now. So I didn't, I assume that Quentin Jefferson was like a, a the second string three tech and not the starting nose tackle. So maybe that's on me. I mean, it's just how they're, it's how they're listed. Gotcha. Okay. No, you know, yeah, I just was, close. I was just it's throwing close. out there. I was throwing out in their back. Like it's. Oh, and by the way, their first round pick who went in the top fifteen. Oh, yeah, and by the way, Michael Clemens also uh, in that front. That is a that is a deep, deep group uh, that the Chiefs will be lining up against. Uh, Maddie, you wanted to talk a little bit about attacking the middle of the field of this defense, though. Yeah, that's hey, shocking. Jets cornerbacks are really good. Sauce yes. Gardner, DJ Reed, really good football players. When people throw at them, they're not having great success. I mean statistically, Sauce Gardner isn't quite as good this year as he was last year. The Chiefs aren't the team to uh, flirt with that danger. Okay, let him just live out there on an island, please. 
attack the middle of the field. That's where, I mean, as of right now, that's where the Jets are the weakest. Um, over the past two games, teams have completed 77% of their passes over the middle of the field when they're throwing between the numbers for over 200 yards. They are doing a very good job dicing up the middle of the field. The problem is it comes a little bit matchup dependent. Jordan Whitehead and Quincy Williams have been excellent in coverage. Everybody else, not good at all. Okay, so you get you get Travis Kelsey aligned on Adams. You get him lined up on CJ Mosley, especially, or Adrian Amos. That's the matchups you want. Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, anyone working over the middle of the field against those other three players is almost free pitch and catch right now. But Dak Prescott, Mac Jones, plenty of success throwing over the middle of the field. If you are going to move the ball on this Jets, very good passing offense. I believe it is, they are top 10 and EPA per play against the pass right now. They're do, they're very good, but if you're going to find success, it's going to be over the middle of the field and not challenging those corners on the outside. And I think that that bodes really well for some of the Chiefs slot receivers. I know that everybody's mind jumps immediately to Travis Kelsey. I could see, you know, Jordan Whitehead or Quincy Williams trying to take Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey will still win that matchup enough. Don't get me wrong. Like that's still going to happen, but those are the better guys that they're going to try and match up against the Chiefs' best guy. That means guys like Rasheed Rice, who we saw last week against the Chicago Bears, find a lot of space in the middle of some of those zones. That's where Sky Moore on some of these slant routes. That's where maybe you can get some of these guys a little bit more free across the middle of the field. If Kadarius Tony's going to run a drag route or something like that, you have the opportunity to get some of your more dynamic pass catchers the ball in the middle of the field with room to run against these, you know, guys that aren't Jordan Whitehead or Quinn, you know, Quincy Williams. It's it's a fun defense to watch. They create all kinds of havoc, but it does give opportunities there in that specific area of the field. I, I'm paying a lot of attention to those secondary pass catchers in the intermediate area of the field because if guys like Mac Jones are curving you up, it's not because they're throwing it to the outside or throwing it deep. It's because they're targeting specifically that middle of the field. I think the Chiefs have a lot more, I don't think, I know the Chiefs have a lot more vertical threat and more ability to stretch the field than maybe the New England Patriots do. So there's going to be a concerted effort by the New York Jets to make sure they don't get beat over the top. That's going to create even more space than maybe against a team like the Patriots. I, I mean, I just got done watching some Rashi Rice, and I I think, you know, obviously there's been some inconsistencies with some drops, and, like, I think they're still working to get on the same page a little bit here and there, but, like, when he put the ball in his hand, when he got the ball in his hands, good things happened, and, you know, watching him after the catch, I think this is, you know, an opportunity for him to continue to to kind of try to ascend as well. I I I like him in the middle of the field better than I like Sky Moore. Like, I know a lot of people, I know the Chiefs kind of talked about Sky Moore being the juju replacement. The more I watch Rashi Rice and the way he's playing, the more I feel like he's going to eventually wind up being that guy and a, a, a more dynamic version of what we saw at the end of you know of Juju's time here in Kansas City. Because him with the ball in his hands is special. Uh, there's a lot of good things going on there. So like he's a guy I definitely like to try to see them get involved a little bit in the middle of the field in the short to intermediate. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. It's more fun to be there for live Kansas City Chiefs football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. 
Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to wrap your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com Chiefs. Fellas, are you running into some stubble trouble? Are you dreaming of that clean-shaven look but hate going through the hassle of a wet shave every other day? I know you are. That's why we've partnered with Manscaped, the brand for below the waist, and it's coming to save that beautiful face. Yes, sir, Manscaped now has beard products and is going a step further with the launch of their brand new Handyman Electric Face Shaver. It's designed to give your face that smooth and chiseled finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Make sure to join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Head over to manscaped.com and use code KCSN for 20% off and free shipping. Your face is the first thing people see when you walk through the door. Give them something to look at with the Manscaped Handyman. For me, being able to shave up to three days growth without the mess of traditional shaving is priceless. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel-sized package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong modal. Trust me, gents, you can't go wrong with any of these options. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code KCSN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code KCSN. Hit the refresh button with the handyman. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals for these jam-packed days. And Factor America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best as you tackle a busy autumn? Try Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. Round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45-plus add-ons, including breakfast items like our delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and potato bacon egg breakfast skillet. Or for an easy wellness boost, try refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. Head to factormeals.com slash KCSN50 and use code KCSN50 to get 50% off. That's code KCSN50 at factormeals.com slash KCSN50 to get 50% off. Gentlemen, the run game for the Kansas City Chiefs has looked good as the season got has gone on. I think you saw some really positive things from it last week. I feel like the run game is going to continue to be important for this offense to find success, uh, especially against a good Jets defense. You're you're so good at steering the ship, Kent, and sometimes you're so good and quick through it that I can't sneak in a last point that I, I don't know where else good where else I'm gonna fit this in here. Um the Chiefs the past couple weeks have tried some back shoulder throws to Sky Moore. I am terrified of them doing it this week. I am terrified of them trying that against DJ Reed or Sauce Guard, even if it's just once. I think this is a dangerous proposition to even attempt to challenge those guys to Sky Moore, who I think's playing better, but to challenge them to a guy that we haven't seen dominate at the catch point. That is something I have my eye on because they, they're trying it. They're trying to work those in there. And I think this is a very scary team to try that against because I've seen Sauce Gardner. I've seen DJ Reed. I've seen them undercut stuff. And until the Chiefs hit vertical outside shots, why why aren't they going to undercut everything? Right. So I just, I want to say that that's another reason. Steer clear of outside. There's, there's just don't need to. Don't need to hang out over there. Um, to the run game. Yeah. Have you ever thought about just letting a take lie? No, we no, could transition cleanly. I'm sorry. So much. 
I guess we five know five each other. I know, yeah, but just like that, you would think at some point maybe he'd just be like, you know what? I think I'm just gonna, I'll tweak that one. I the hamster up here. I'll tweak that one up. Go to sleep. He his job is hasn't been completed. He's just gonna be running all night if we do that. Um, <laughs> the run game. I like what the Chiefs have done the run game the past two weeks. They've just kind of thrown a lot of stuff out there. They've gotten away from just running the majority of their zone stuff. They've thrown a lot on the table now. Is it because they have seen favorable matchups against the Bears? The way they played their shade nose tackle, they found some interesting stuff with folding the center around the guard, with coming in with a zone counterplay or a very weird, like a very weird tight end insert run that also had a kick out block from Travis Kelsey aligned as a split back. They did some weird stuff over the past two weeks, and I like it. I wonder how well that'll work kind of this week, but I do think it's a week they should lean on the run. The Jets, as good as they've been against the pass, they're 27th in the NFL in EPA per rush right now. Their rush defense isn't great. It's good. It's okay. Like, you're not going to run over them, but the Chiefs offense will need to keep them a little bit honest. I like the direction this run game's going of higher variance of the run plays because they know their execution won't be perfect. If you can't run outside zone perfect, there's no reason to run it 15 times. Just run it five times and throw a bunch of other runs out there. Run 10 different types of runs, and that's what they're getting up to. I like what that's done. I like the mix of Pacheco and Claudio Zilaire. I hope they keep it up because I do think that's the best way to keep this Jets team a little off balance. Yeah, when you look at some of the sort of advanced metrics for the for the uh, Jets run defense, there they have given up a little bit more EPA per play. When you look on, you know, look at the yards per attempt here, they're allowing just three point seven yards per attempt there, but it's in crucial situations. It's one where they advance the sticks. Teams are able to take advantage of it a little bit more in some shorter yardage situations. So it doesn't exactly reflect some of that there. But when you look at this team on paper with that defensive line the way that it is, it it can be aggressive. And I think that that's where some of the holes lie. You know, a, a team that's willing to line up and run some more traditional run concepts and not as many RPOs, which we'll we'll see with the Chiefs maybe can take advantage of a team that's trying to be more aggressive. Quentin Williams trying to shoot a gap into the backfield. You can usher him out of the way. We've talked about that with Chris Jones, young in his career, you know, leaving some open holes for the run game to get going. Yeah, they've got a good guy behind him, C.J. Mosley, that can close some stuff up and help make the defense right, which allows a guy like Quentin Williams to play that way. But you can still catch these guys off guard. You can still create some more, not necessarily explosive plays, but bigger run plays than maybe you're anticipating against such a stout front seven for the Jets right now. I am curious to see if they keep up some of the RPO game, if we see a lot more of outside zone, inside zone, or if maybe this is one of those games that Andy has been looking at in the future. And, you know, we we know that he's got those that he'll try and set stuff up for. Maybe this is one of those that he's identified as, hey, this is a really good defense. We're going to need to be on our game a little bit. If we're going to call runs, if we're going to have some of our run concepts in this game, we need to get into our bag a little bit more and maybe not have Clyde Edwards-Alaire on outside zone for, you know, 10 runs in a game here. Let's try and line him up and play to his strengths a little more. Play to Isaiah Pacheco's strengths, hitting a gap, you know, call or something like that, and try and lean on that a little more and then regress back into some of those more tendency, you know, setting up plays that he likes to do early on the season. I wouldn't hate to see the Chiefs try to wham Quinnen Williams this week, run a little wham, Frank. little yeah. wham run. When you, you know, and wham, the wham block's been eliminated. Some of the parts of the wham block have been eliminated a little bit because you can't ear hold somebody the same. But 
if you can't basically what you do is you leave a guy unblocked and let a uh a off line of scrimmage a, a non-offensive lineman block a uh a, a down lineman so you can hit him from the side used to just ear hole him and knock him into a next Tuesday uh you really can't do that anymore but what it does is it slows it slows them down. So when you've got an elite player like Quinnen Williams and you try to wham him, if you can successfully wham him, when he gets free a little bit like that, it makes him think a little bit twice. It has him thinking and can slow down that rush a little bit. It's one of the things that you can do to help complement, uh, you know, schematically to help, you know, solve the Quinnen Williams problem. And you can hit stuff up inside with it too. Get downhill with an Isaiah Pacheco on a wham. That's a good run that I think you want to see him just full head of steam, just running hard off the field, you know, like he does. So I think there's some value to maybe trying something like that um, in this game. So that's something I'm paying attention to. Players to Watch is brought to you by Tickets for Less. If you go to ticketsforless.com and use promo code KCSN, it will give you the absolute guaranteed best offer discount that they have available on their website. KCSN, promo code KCSN will always give you the best discount at tickets for less go to ticketsforless.com players to watch on the offensive side of the ball craig what say you i'm going with sky Moore. uh i know we talked about him kind of in the middle of the field we talked about him maybe not being the best matchup on the outside here i am less concerned about where he's going to be used and more concerned about him continuing to build on some solid performances if you take out that 53-yarder near the end of the game, you know, in week two that ended up being a massive play for this offense and one of the game-deciding plays here. He's a guy that's averaged about 10 yards per reception right now. That's pretty good. That, uh, that That's really good for Sky Moore. Went four for 42 last week. You're looking at a guy who can just be that intermediate ball winner, that and not a deep threat by any means, but a guy that you can rely on a little more. I think that we've spent so much of this week looking at Rashi Rice and his chemistry with Patrick Mahomes that we maybe overlooked a little bit of what Sky Moore has been doing the past couple of games, being a reliable outlet for Patrick Mahomes, being a guy that he can count on a little bit more. I want to see that again. If he does that against this Jets defense, as good as it is with the corners that are out there, I'm starting to feel pretty good about him for the rest of the season and the fact that he's just going to be kind of Mr. Reliable there. And when, you know, in that 8 to 10 yard range, going to create a little bit, going to convert some first downs, going to move the sticks a little bit more often than we expect there. Leave the big explosive place for some of these other guys. I'm fine with Sky Moore just kind of being that guy that chips away at the defense a little bit. And if he does it again this week, I'm starting to feel like maybe that's who he is in this offense this year. I, I wanted to go with Joe Tooney here because he's been excellent uh, these past couple weeks. Like, he's been phenomenal, but I think the Jets are just going to scheme away from letting him control the game and dictate it, so I'm not going to go that route, but I do think that he's been he's been really good the past couple weeks. Some of the adjustments he's made on the fly in the run game have been unbelievably good. So, I'm going to go away from him. I'm going to go with Noah Gray. We talked about the middle of the field being something that's a little, that should be attacked by the Chiefs that's going to be a little bit more open. I do anticipate the Jets giving a lot of attention to Travis Kelsey. They have some guys playing well in coverage. Jordan Whitehead, Quincy Williams. They have guys available to throw at Kelsey and maybe slow him down, not stop him. And then if Rasheed Rice is getting a little bit more attention, or maybe he's not on the same page as Mahomes every single snap, and it's a game where they are having, I don't want to say try more often, but they have to uh, execute a little bit cleaner than maybe they would against the Bears. 
that might leave some targets open over the middle of the field. Noah Gray is a guy they think could get involved. The Chiefs do like to slip him out, get him involved a little bit when other things aren't working. And we talked about the run game. Noah Gray is kind of like the, the linchpin of their different, their exotic quote-unquote run game stuff. He's the guy that's playing as an inline tight end most frequently to give Travis Kelsey a break. He's the guy coming across the formation that's having to kick out a defensive end or to lead up through the hole more frequently. I think he kind of matters for a lot of the run game stuff out there too. So I could see this being a pretty big Noah Gray game. Probably don't give Noah Gray enough credit. Fifth round pick. He's he's carved out a really nice career so far. Really good this year. Good football player. Past two years. Yeah. Yeah, Good football player. Um, I'm gonna go. So I'm gonna go Jawan Taylor in this one. Uh, I'm gonna watch him so that nobody else has to. So don't worry, Chris Collins. Worry. <laughs> you Are you sure push. you don't want to do Patrick Mahomes again? No, I'm okay. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch him so Chris Collinsworth doesn't have to, and he can lay off him and quit bullying him. How do you think that production meeting is gonna go with Collinsworth this week? <laughs> I just think things I think about. Uh, anyways. Donovan Smith's a limited participant in this week's practice. Hopefully, he's able to go. I would anticipate he's still able to go, but you know, like it's never good to see someone go from a full participant to a limited participant. And it looks like Donovan yeah. Smith has done that. That's not a good sign. Jawan Taylor pressures on him uh, to keep the pressure off Patrick Mahomes. Like he's been outstanding. I think he's been. I think he's had a very good season so far uh, with the penalties, you know, aside. But obviously, he's going to have to navigate through all that. But who knows what happens if Donovan Smith can't go? Does Jawan Taylor kick over to the left side? What's the plan there? I, that's why I'm just going to go ahead and say Jawan Taylor is a key cog in this in this game, re- regardless of if he plays on the right side and just locks it up, or if he's playing on the left and he has to navigate that. So I think Jawan Taylor's got a, a big role in this football game. Let's move on to the defensive side of the football, unless Maddie wants to interject yet again. Does he have something he just is dying to add and kill the kill the transition? Yeah, I mean, since you opened up the door, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and slide on in here. Um, you know, I I'm thinking about Donovan. You know, if Donovan Smith is on a big Don's unable to play, what do they do at left tackle? Don't know if we like what we saw from Wanya Morris in the preseason as a left tackle. Um, so I, I don't feel great about that. We need to try Niang. to throw him to the fire too. No, Lucas Niang hasn't done a lot for me ever at left tackle or right That's tackle. Weak to be Lucas Niang too. So what, what are you going to do? You're going to take a right tackle who's got the most on his mind about where he aligns his get off on the line of scrimmage and then ask him to switch sides to play the left side when, again, the most eyes out of any offensive lineman ever on him. That doesn't feel like a great plan either, right? Like, they don't have a great plan. With Prince Tiga going out, they are left not in a hard spot, right? They have options. It's just None of them sound excellent. So, like, you really got to hope that Donovan Smith is healthy and he was just kind of getting a little bit of a veteran off there. And I will throw this out there because I was watching. I was there. Okay, come back the in, too. Yeah, sure. The derailment. Let's go. I am debating. Like, we might have to, like, maybe, like, every single... Before I transition to anything, we're just going to have the mass, the last word with Maddie Lane on literally That's everything. It's not as fun as interrupting you or just... <laughs> Can you still have this a sponsored segment, though? Because I love that. I'll sponsor it. Uh, <laughs> Um, <laughs> all right. So when I was at the game, uh, this week and Jawan Taylor is playing the right side. Um, and Prince Tiguanogo goes out. Donovan Smith's hurt. Joe Tooney was warming up yeah. to play left. Joe Tooney, Joe Tooney took snaps at left tackle at the end of the game. So did. Yeah. And I mean, Mike Caliendo was the guard, not Allegretti. I just wanted that to be known. Big Mike Aliendo played left guard. It's I think Allegretti's still the backup center, but Caliendo was the guard that went in there on the left side at the very least. 
I mean, I don't, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you throw, you know, like everyone wants to make Joe Tooney a left tackle like it's Madden all the time, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is a, a week. To be, to, to that be might fair, be the best option. Lucas May was not active. Yeah. And I know. Juanye Morris was not active and I, Prince Tiguanogo got hurt. So I, like, I understand, yeah. I understand that for sure. I'm just saying like, could, it could be a good curveball to throw the Jets. It might be the best option right now. I would hate I would hate to throw either of those guys to the Wolves. <laughs> Cuz this is not a good front for Wandy Morris to debut Taylor again. Switching. Right, but I don't I don't feel great about Taylor switching now. At the beginning of the year, yeah, absolutely, but like now when we're dealing with him already having to mess the snap timing and where he's aligned, that just that seems like a lot. That seems like a lot for a guy who's probably already questioning himself as is. You know, just even just a little bit. It's like they don't have great up. Joe Tooney playing left tackle for one game honestly might not be the worst case scenario in this situation. Um, if Donovan, Smith, hopefully again, Donovan Smith can play. I mean, like I would, I would much rather leave Joe Tooney on the interior against this stout oh, interior yeah. offense. That too. Line. Good night. And Lucas Niang go out there. This team has trusted Lucas Niang to go out and get significant snaps in big games before. So I, I, I know that he's been inactive. But he he played a little left. I I I'm just saying. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, did you want Mike Cal first live reps in like a regular season to be against Quentin Williams or even Nick Allegretti? I mean, Allegretti stepped in and played guard in a pinch sure. and you know, okay, like it hasn't been devastating. So like they do have options. It's just there's there's a lot there's a lot of options here. I don't know which one I ultimately none of them are good against this defensive front, right? That's, That's the day. It's they're good. It's literally, it is literally just about this front. That's Be it. Be Don. Be healthy. The, the key to the game is Donovan Smith. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just mm, that was a good segue, Matthew. Aren't you glad I slid in here? Um, not not really, ever. Defense though. Um, Zach Wilson's bad. <laughs> Willie Gay wasn't. <laughs> Willie Gay wasn't saying it. He was being nice, but I can say it. I'm allowed to. Zach Wilson's bad. He's real bad. Um, I saw this highlight. I'm not gonna. This isn't mean to jump dunk. You know, jump down Zach Wilson's throat or dunk on him or anything like that. Sure. Uh, someone posted this highlight clip of Zach Wilson, and it was just all of these, like, look what happened to Zach Wilson. How did he? And it was just like they they showed four plays, and three of them were just deep shots down the field in the in the Provo Utah air like I just I, I think there's just a lot of like I think what we've seen with Zach Wilson there's been a lot of struggles obviously processing seeing the field cleanly recognizing blitzes seeing underneath defenders so <laughs> throwing the ball no, this isn't you he's bad or trying to dunk on him continue I I didn't I could have I could have been a lot worse I'm just but other than that Mrs. Lincoln how was the play I'm just saying, like, there are a lot of things that we, when you go back and look and, like, think about the evaluation, like, there's a lot of shiny new toy or shiny things with his tape that just don't translate. And, like, I think the consistencies in the short to intermediate that were, were brought up, but, like, they're a much bigger concern than anybody could have ever anticipated. And, um, yeah, I think that's kind of where we sit. I think this is a guy that you force to try to beat you, Craig. 
No, you got to yeah. compliment sandwich him. You got to say something nice. Um, yeah, that pro day throw was awesome. Elite hair, elite <laughs> hair. Just a a handsome a handsome young man who is the talk of. I uh, forget it. Um, good with parents. Good with parents. <laughs> good with parents. Parents love him, especially specific parents. No. Um, yeah, Zach Wilson has not been good, and it's not just this year. Like I know that Robert Sala is really committing to the kid and giving him plenty of opportunity to prove himself. And you, know, I, I like it when head coaches do that. Don't get me wrong, Zach Wilson has been terrible, and maybe you look elsewhere because. You know, it, it is what it is. They didn't expect to be in this situation. They went out and got Aaron Rodgers for a reason. He's giving the young quarterback time to see if this guy is the future or not. I don't think he is. He is currently the last in the league in completion percentage, and he's basically been at the bottom of the league every single year that he has started significant games. That's That's just who he is. All the advanced metrics are terrible. He is 33rd of 34 qualifying quarterbacks in NEA. For people who don't know what that is, that's adjusted net yards per pass attempt. It factors in passing attempts, passing yards, subtracts sack yards, multiplies in touchdowns, subtracts interceptions. It's basically this big one, one big stat that they're trying to kind of look at for quarterbacks. He's just been terrible. Like, he really has been. His vision of the field is not good. He he gets confused by simple coverage rotations. He's got a set of good receivers out there, and he can't, can't find them out there, even when they do win. And he takes really awful sacks. Like, he really does. Like, it, it's way meaner to Zach Wilson than I am. <laughs> it's just, it's not good. And it's it, it is a hindrance to this offense. I don't think it... The Jets fans are, if they hear this, are not going to sit here and be like, no, now come on now. He, he's not that bad for our offense. He's the reason why this offense is. They'd be meaner. Right now. Yeah, they probably would be meaner. He is the thing that you can lay at the feet of this offense as the problem right now because everything else is pretty good and working pretty well. It's just when you are trusting Zach Wilson to be a drop back passer and try and beat you with his arm, it is not working for this Jets offense. So, yeah, absolutely. If you're Steve Spagnuolo, you say, hey, go get them. Even though you got stud receivers out there, yeah, go get them, bud. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I, do we just keep elevating? Do I just get even meaner than Craig was? Is that what the, the bit is here now? I don't know. <laughs> just just preface it with something like, I'm not trying to dunk on Zach Wilson. I'm not trying to dunk on Zach Wilson here, but no. So, I mean, okay, we're we're on this like little spinoff. I think the problem with Zach Wilson is yes, he got overhyped coming out of BYU because we were everybody was in Mahomes mania about being able to make throws on the run like that. And it got mm -hmm. it got high school prospects an, an extra star coming out of high school. It got guys starting gigs. It got guys into the NFL and drafted early like Zach Wilson. The problem wasn't Kit pointed it out a little bit earlier. He said it when we were talking about the draft. A lot of what Zach Wilson did was just kind of throwing YOLO balls down the sideline at BYU. And just kind of hoping these fade routes were hitting. And they did for one year at BYU. And then you get to the NFL and that doesn't work. He clearly wasn't as developed as he needed to be. And I think that hurt his confidence a little bit. And then the way the team had to essentially pull him last year because he was so bad and play any backup they could possibly find over him probably hurt his confidence even more. Then he comes into this year as a backup, has to get thrust into play, 
he no longer he no longer is allowed to play his way, right? Zach Wilson plays a certain way of football. They're telling him, no, you need to be a game manager. We need you to check down and check down quickly. Yeah. This man has zero confidence. He just plays with no confidence whatsoever. Here's a guy who can make all the throws. Not that he's good at all of them, but he can. Not right now. The guy that, that they trot out there right now cannot make all the throws because he has zero confidence in his own ability. So that comes out on the field. They are dead last in the NFL and EPA per pass play. That's behind the Chicago Bears, the offense that we just saw the Chiefs play last week. That's behind the Tennessee Titans trotting out whatever Ryan Tannehill's Ooh. current is. That is behind the fraud goals and whatever Joe Burrow on one leg. Josh Dobbs. Like, this is behind this is behind the Matt Canada-led Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, they no. Dead last. Now you're, now you're just lying. <laughs> they are dead last. And at this point, it's gotten to the point that it affects the run game. The Patriots said, hey, here's eight men in the box. Do something about it. And the Jets said, no, thanks. We're going to shut it on. <laughs> and it didn't work. So, like, Zach, the Chiefs are going up against Zach Wilson. I don't think there's any, like, particular thing you got to do to beat him. I think you want to make him throw the ball downfield. He is 45% completion percentage on passes over 10 yards this year. 45% with three interceptions. That's not great. He is not doing a good job when he actually has to throw the ball downfield. Everything is just anytime it works for him, it's these quick timing kind of passes. Make him think, make him push the ball a little bit. You're going to get turnovers. He's going to take sacks. Things will go poorly if you make him beat you, especially by moving off of essentially hitting the back of his drop and getting the ball out to a wide open guy at the two yard mark. Zach Wilson is extremely handsome, but in like a way that he would be the bad guy in a Taylor Swift music video. Anyways, we could see the Jets maybe try to utilize some heavier personnel. Matthew? Yeah, I mean, hey, this is one of the ways you're going to protect a quarterback, right? You're going to get into a little bit heavier personnel. Um, the Jets now, they don't run. They're pretty league average in terms of 12 personnel, right, with two tight ends on the field. But they do run a lot more of... Uh, 21, 22, 13. They are in the top 10 of all of those. Like they do like to go heavy and try to run the ball. That is something they do lean into. They have a quality stable of tight ends with it starts off with Tyler Conklin, then they have Jeremy Rucker and uh I, who's at the third tight end of completely blank. Hey Maddie, but I'll give you a little time to think about. We're gonna take a quick break in the middle of your oh, clock. Fine. I'm gonna interrupt you for once. Oh, this Thanks is good. for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Hey guys, it's Benny Heist from Benny and the Bets. And when it comes to improving your golf performance, there is nothing quite like a PXG custom club fitting experience with a true PXG fitting specialist. This data-driven fitting is going to help determine the right club heads, perfect loft, lie, and shafts to be able to completely transform and change your game and also lower your scores in the process. So no matter your skill level, you can be fitted for PSG's flagship Gen 6 clubs. They're designed to deliver incredible gains in distance, accuracy, and forgiveness. And for a limited time, you can use the code PXG75 when you sign up for a custom fit and get 75% off your fitting at PXG.com. Or you can give their store in Kansas City a call at 913-396-6100. Please continue, Matthew. Well, that was incredibly rude of you. Why would you? What? Such a thing. Um, CJ Uzma is the third tight end. He's actually the second tight end. Anywho, 
they have gone heavy. They like to play with a little bit heavier personnel. It allows them to try to run the ball a little bit more. It tries, you know, it gives Brees Hall a few more blockers in there. I don't even know if they want to do it by design. I think it's just kind of forced their hand. They know they can't just spread it out and let Aaron Rodgers deal the ball around to a bunch of his friends that he brought in. They're relying on Zach Wilson to throw the ball to a bunch of Aaron Rodgers' friends that Aaron Rodgers brought in. <laughs> it's not working. So they're going to go heavy. It's a good idea against the Chiefs defense to force Steve Spagnolo to play in base. Well, it was until this year. Now, all of a sudden this year, the Chiefs have the best linebacker room in the entire NFL. Are you really doing them a favor by forcing them to play extra guys there? I don't know. I don't know anymore, especially when you can't throw the ball. So like, we'll see how it plays out, but I would expect them to try to force the Chiefs to go into base. That at least limits Spag's blitz package, and that saves Zach Wilson at least one headache that he normally would have on a, on a given game of football. Yeah, the Chiefs, when they've been in their base defense, which is what they counter, you know, 13 personnel, 12 personnel, and 21 personnel, usually. It's not always, but usually. They're going to counter that with their base defense, base 4-3. Currently, right now, they are allowing 2.79 yards per run. That is exceptional. That is an almost 60% defensive success rate. You will take that every single time. Conversely, they're allowing nearly 6.4 yards per pass. That makes sense. You're in a run-heavy defense. You don't have your best you know, pass defenders on the field. But I have a feeling that this is going to kind of take hold a little bit more throughout the season for these teams that are willing to go heavy. Try and lean on throwing you know, play-action passing out of those heavy sets because you know that those guys are going to be playing the run, trying to come downhill and be aggressive. Now, we just got done saying, put the ball in Zach Wilson's hands. It's probably a good thing for the Chiefs. It probably still is a good thing for the Chiefs. But getting a guy like C.J. Uzuma against Leo Chanel, as much as we love him, is probably a win for the Jets in that scenario. But we'll see. I know, Kent. I know I'm talking about your favorite player ever here. But I'm just saying, it's, it's one of those that, historically with Steve Spagnuolo and the coverage rotations and what he likes to mix up on the back end when the Chiefs are in base, it's significantly limited with what he likes to do. It's a lot more static. They're not mixing things up. They don't feel comfortable, you know, having some of these guys play the apex defender where they're kicking out in the flat and doing some of the weird rotations that they like to do with some of the match coverages. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen with any team. It's not just Steve, but it just doesn't happen. They want to, they want to get to that nickel defense they want to get to that 335 or that 425 where they feel confident with that extra slot guy being out there being able to rotate into some of the looks that they want to get to but on early downs there if the jets go heavy i'd be looking for that play action pass because it is a way that they can get some more schemed open looks and make life easier on zach wilson if the chiefs can man up and do a good job of limiting those it will be a very very long day Lockdown Leo is coming out against CJ Uzama in this game. Please. I would love it. I'm here for it. You should you will love it. And you you will be here for it. And you will witness it. The only time CJ Uzama is separating from Leo Chanel is in his dreams. And even then it it's an occasional nightmare for him. Please. Uh Garrett Wilson was primed for a big breakout year with Aaron Rodgers as, as his quarterback. And it looked good. There was the small sample size we had of Rodgers and Garrett Wilson was quite good. And, you know, reason for optimism. It's been rough since. They struggled big time to get the ball 
to uh, to Garrett Wilson consistently. Zach Wilson has not been on the same page with him. He has not been able to present him great opportunities to make plays with the ball in his hands. Uh, that being said, he's still going to be the best wide receiver that touches the field on Sunday, and he's probably one of the he's ascending to one of the best wide receivers in the league before Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Now, who knows? But he's a guy that can change the game, Matthew. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and Zach Wilson is still targeting him, right? He's targeted him more in the last two games than he did that first game against the Bills, and they just had a little bit more success against the Bills. Like He's giving them chances. The problem is Zach Wilson's just so bad. His chances <laughs> usually aren't good, and they're usually close to the line of scrimmage, and it's just like, that's the, that's the hard part, right? With the Zach, way Zach Wilson's playing, it's hard for Garrett Wilson to completely take over a game and beat you because there's no reliable way to get him the football. That said... Him by himself, he's more than capable of doing it. And the way the Chiefs have been playing number one wide receivers, it's been, hey, Legarius Steed, don't shadow him and do what you can. I think that's going to be the Chiefs' plan again here. Until it bites them, why would they not, right? You don't need to dedicate any extra help and against the Zach Wilson-led pass. Keep the box loaded. Let Sneed battle Garrett Wilson one-on-one. Sneed's been in great coverage against Calvin Ridley, against DJ Moore. Yeah, they've gotten theirs on him, and the ball has accurate getting there or the guys have dropped it or whatever are we sure that's not going to happen again in this game like are we really saying that even if there's a little bit of separation that Zach Wilson's going to routinely put the ball on that on him so no I don't think the Chiefs are going to do anything special Garrett Wilson's going to line up on the outside the Chiefs will chase him with luxurious need maybe if things are going poorly you make an adjustment and try a trip McDuffie on him maybe if things are going poorly you try shading the safety over the top and then give up a little bit in the ground game but I think it's going to be Sneed versus Wilson one-on-one, and that's what the Chiefs want. That's what they're putting him on the outside for. That's tri- it was trial by fire last year. They spent all offseason, and this is clearly was their plan this year. So let's see how it goes with I mean, his next biggest test of the year, but it's not like he hasn't been tested already. Yeah, uh, Gary Wilson's awesome. Like, just in- incredible, and he's open. And the fact that he's that open and still has a 36% success rate when targeted Silly. is baffling. It is absolutely insane that he has that level of success when he's being targeted as often as he is and he's as open as he is. That's just, again, it's a testament to Zach Wilson. I'm going to extend this just a little <laughs> bit further here and say that of guys that have gotten more than one target for the New York Jets in this offense, there's only one receiver that has above a 50% success rate, and it's Alan Lazard at 53.8. Guess what? You'll take Alan Lazard getting his. That's not something that you're going to be like losing sleep at night if you're a defensive coordinator. For reference, we've talked a lot about the Chiefs receivers, a lot about their ability to get open, catch the ball. Of guys that have more than one target, yes, I'm, I'm excluding you, Donovan Smith, there are only <laughs> receivers under 50%, and that's Richie James and Kadarius Tony. and I think we can all know why those two are under 50%. This receiving core is getting open. Garrett Wilson is getting open. He is a dangerous wide receiver, and it is a, a travesty that he is not having more success than he is with the targets that he's getting. Uh, Tucker D. Franklin chimed in in the group chat uh, for the show to make sure I knew that Aaron Rodgers didn't complete a pass. I was not talking about Aaron Rodgers completing a pass when I talked about Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson. I was indeed talking about the preseason where they had a very sick touchdown 
uh, in the one game Aaron Rodgers played. So there's that. Tucker D. Franklin, the D stands for meanie. Uh, <laughs> what just happened? Players to that. watch presented by Tickets for Less on the defensive side of the ball. Remember, ticketsforless.com. Promo code KCSN gets you the best discount at Tickets for Less whenever you are uh, on their site. So it will it will default to the best discount that they have available on Tickets for Less. So promo code KCSN. My player to watch is Drew Tranquil. I thought he played very well last week against the Chicago Bears. And I think this is the week that Drew Tranquil gets his hands on the football. I think Zach Wilson has struggled to see underneath defenders. He's been willing to challenge in the intermediate without seeing those those defenders. I think this is a place where Drew Tranquil can have his presence felt in coverage. So I think Drew Tranquil's getting an interception this week. So give me Drew Tranquil as my player to watch on the defensive side of the ball from Chiefs. My player to watch is Joshua Williams. Uh, currently, Joshua Williams is the guy that's seeing more of the field than Jalen Watson is. He he's seeing roughly about forty five percent of the snaps, whereas Jalen Watson seeing you know like twenty five percent of the snaps there. Joshua Williams right now leads the Chiefs in yards per target at three point eight three. That's terrific. Like that's what you're looking for on the outside. I feel like he's utilized the boundary really well. He's really done an excellent job of leveraging against some of those vertical routes and making life more difficult on the receivers on the outside. My thing with Joshua Williams, I want to see a little bit more when they're trying to run some of these other coverages. There were a couple mix-ups, especially early on in the season when the Chiefs were trying to do things, that things weren't passed off correctly. He didn't get into the exact right zone from you know what we know of what Steve Spagnuolo typically does. So it's one of those that if the Jets throw a lot at them, on the offensive side of the ball, it could be one where maybe he gets a little bit lost in traffic. If he gets to stay there on the boundary, they're going to run a little more vertical stuff on the outside. I feel really good about his ability to recover, his ability to play the ball at the catch point, his ability to leverage the boundary. This is a game right here where you don't want to allow any explosive, don't allow this Jets offense to get into a rhythm, especially you know with the way they've been playing. You want to keep them down. Joshua Williams having a good game and making sure that they don't get beat vertically and that they don't allow any explosive plays there goes a long way towards really keeping them down for the entirety of the game. I think this is the game. It's prime time. It's Sunday night. We got all the Swifties watching. Everyone is here. This is the game where everybody sees that Trent McDuffie is on the same level as a Sauce Gardner, as a Tariq Woolen, as any other corner from that class, as your very clear tier two guys trying to break into the top upper tier of cornerbacks. Trent McDuffie is going to get a lot of matchups with Randall Cobb. That should not concern anybody whatsoever. That's a good matchup for him to look good in. What it's really going to show, though, is when they're dropping off into zone, and like to Kent's point, Zach Wilson doesn't read the field great. This is a prime opportunity for him to come down and make big plays on a football, make plays on short passes underneath. Zach Wilson does not like to throw the ball very far downfield, as we already discussed. I think this is a game where you're going to see him have an actual chance at you know getting some highlight plays, forcing some turnovers, because the ball won't always be accurate. On top of that, the Jets are going to try to run the ball. Willie Gay already told us that. Guess who is tied for the team lead in tackles on running plays? Trent McDuffie. Guess who has is tied for the most stops? That is plays that result in a negative run play. Not negative yardage, just a negative run play for the offenses. Trent McDuffie, as a cornerback, tied for the lead. His average tackling depth on run plays as a cornerback is under two yards. He is tackling ball carriers at the line of scrimmage 
at a better rate than anybody else on this team as a cornerback. You put that, you put great coverage in a game that I think is kind of suited to him to look really well on this big of a stage. I think you come out of this and you're going to hit somebody on you know, Good Morning NFL or whatever the NFL Network show is or ESPN, and you're going to have somebody talking about how good Trent McDuffie is, how he's in that conversation now, and Fox will no longer disrespect him by leaving him off of their top 10 corners list they put out on social media. All right. Prediction time. Excited about this one. Craig, what say you? I say that Steve Spagnuolo is going to continue doing what he's doing and Zach Wilson won't know what hit him. Uh, If they drop back to pass the ball, I think that Zach Wilson's going to be confused. I think he's going to have a hard time fitting it into some of the windows that are there. Garrett Wilson's awesome and Legereus Need following him around. He may get some yardage on him, but that's it. Like Steve Spagnuolo has been so good with his pressure packages staying in rush lanes and then building the defense behind this front over the past two years. And it's really come to fruition so far through three weeks. Conversely, the chiefs offense looked like it had a pulse, looked like it was pretty good, you know, against the bears, a couple mistakes kept them from looking better against the Jaguars, but this is a really good jets defense. I don't expect a high scoring game in this one. I think the chiefs can put up 21 against this defense. It might you know, be through to the nail and really, you know, kind of gritting through it. But I think they can put up 21 points. I just don't see the Jets scoring more than 10 in this one. And I think that that touchdown comes because they commit to the run and Brees Hall breaks one loose. I can see that happen. So I'm going Chiefs winning this one 21 to 10. I mean, in the regular season, the regular the regular gameplay, like the 60 minutes of football, the Jets have scored, what, 10 points, 10 points, and 16 points? Right. And that 16 points against the Bills, one of them, two of them were on shorter fields. I get 10, a touchdown and a field goal off of them. This offense isn't scoring points. Right. And I think the Chiefs defense is really, really good. I find it really hard to point to a way that this Jets team scores points consistently and moves the ball on the Chiefs defense. Quarterback has no confidence. They don't really have the ability to push it downfield. And we have seen this Chiefs defense is taking care of business in a different way than they ever really have. They're beating up on teams that they should beat up on. Couple that with a quarterback who isn't necessarily experienced and struggles when thing when the picture changes on him post pre-snap. I think they struggle and the Jets come out of this game with, with six points. And now the Chiefs, on the other hand, they beat up on the, the Chicago Bears. They scored 27 points in a quarter. Can they carry that over against a much better defense? I do think they figured out a little bit. I don't think the Chiefs offense is going to look like gangbusters against the Jets defense. I don't. Andy Reid doesn't like to showcase his best stuff versus AFC opponents that could potentially even could smell them again in the playoffs. But I do think Travis Kelsey coming back. I do think this team finding a little bit of rhythm and identity. They do more than enough that nobody's concerned about the offense after this game. I have them winning 24-6. to Offense looks fine to good. Defense looks dominant yet again. I predicted 21-10 on the radio, so I'm sticking with that one. Uh, I think okay. the, uh, we can, I, I mean, if you made this prediction at noon, 11, um, I, I think the defense will continue to do what they've been doing. I think offensively, it's going to be, a, you know, I think this is a tough challenge. I think this is a, a very interesting measuring stick game for where this offense is. Because last week, there's not a ton you can say. 
good front, good defense, a really good Jets defense that they're going up against and a big challenge for these young wide receivers to try to continue to ascend. Uh, and, you know, I, I think it'll be a little bit of an up and down performance. I think there's going to be some positive in- indicators in, in the game that you're going to feel some good things about, hey, look, give this another five weeks and you're really going to like what you're starting to see out of this group. Um, there's going to be some bright moments. There's going to be enough moments for this team to win comfortably. I think this team wins 21 to 10, like I just mentioned, uh, the same with Craig. And uh, I think Travis Kelsey gets a touchdown and does the bejeweled dance like all the Swifties are hoping that he does. That's going to do it for the... Hey, Kit, I hope you have a great night. Uh, can you close us out, please? That's going to do it for the KC Laboratory. Thank you all so much, and we'll catch you later. I love you. Put a smile on, bud.